have the opportunity to partner with Laurel Mission, an established ministry in southeastern Kentucky. They have shown their community that the Lord is faithful and good. While there, we hope to build relationships and share the love of Jesus with those we serve. Laurel Mission has numerous ministries while we will serve, which include a construction ministry, a clothing center, a food pantry, even a firewood ministry to help heat homes. Their mission is to see all men and women and children within their sphere of influence be saved and conformed to the image of Christ and to do so with all expediency. June 12th through the 16th, Life Church will send a group of high school students and adults with willing hands to help at Laurel Mission. Signups are open now on the website and app. Deadline for registration is March 15th. We are also seeking individuals to be in relationship with those attending by becoming a prayer or prayer support partner in preparation for the trip. If you have any questions, please see me or Rayanne. We are looking forward to showing the love of God through action at Laurel Mission this summer. Come on, you can keep the clapping going. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to make sure you make it to the end, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you just got to take advantage of when you win. <laughs> we just got you. Are you ready for the end? Right. You have to slip it in. Like it just never happens. You got to take advantage of. Do what? <laughs> hey, listen, every once in a while you have to celebrate, right? Like it's been forever. You know, it's never happened. We got to, you know, we got to celebrate while we can. All right, so don't forget Laurel Mission Trip, the video that you saw beforehand. Uh, there's going to be opportunities to be able to sign up. So whenever you uh, go out today, you can sign up. Either you signing up to go on the mission trip and or being a part of the mission trip by praying or partnering with people that are going. So don't forget, there'll be a booth out there or people out there that you can talk to um, about that trip and being involved in it. Other thing, before we jump in, again, just thank you to everybody who's patient with us as we're growing, trying to figure out how to get more seats in here uh, and being able to make it work for everybody. So we're thankful that you'll be patient as we work through this transition of growth and how we can uh, best serve you in that. So we are on the last two messages uh, we have this week and next week on our series called Original Design. Um, and again, so if you're new online or if you're new with us here today, let me give you the emphasis behind why we did this series and hopefully what we can get out of it. So the emphasis behind the series was, if you look out in our world today, we recognize that there are lots of issues, right? Lots of things that we need to work on. 
You hear it all the time. You know, people that are in the workforce, we have generations of people, some know how to work, don't know how to work. We have kids growing up in situations where they wouldn't normally grow up in, you know, family situations. We have, you know, uh, even two-parent homes, right? We used to talk about, like, it's hard for single-parent homes. Well, we have two-parent homes, but it's still like living in a no-parent home, right? Because nobody's ever around and nobody's ever there and everybody's working and there's not much time. So there's lots of uh, identity issues, you know, when it comes to people and their identity. So instead of saying, okay, we're going to try to address those individually, we said, let's go back and look at what's the design that God put forth for a man and the design that God put forth for a woman. And let's decide if we could operate outside or inside of that design, that a lot of the issues that we see today would tend to fix themselves, right? Because from the beginning, we've said this, and we know it from a cultural standpoint. If you use something the way it was designed, it usually works. True, right? Use it the way it's designed. If you use stuff outside of the design, it tends to break over time, right? So the idea of where we're at today is, I would say we've just operated outside of God's design for a really long time, and now we're reaping some of those benefits and or consequences of operating outside of the design. So go back to design. What did it look like for a man? We spent the first three weeks after we looked at design looking at what it was for a man. Then we went into what does it look like for a woman? What is her design? This is where we came from. So women, we said, were designed uh, by God to be a helper, right? And so God said, man, it's not good for man to be alone. So we established right from the beginning, hey, if you're, you know, if you're coming here and you're a woman, you don't have to send me an email. We value women. Women are in leadership here. Women do great ministry work. We, we don't devalue women, but scripture is very clear when it says a woman designed to help a man, that a man is un- incomplete, essentially without a woman and that the woman is designed in such a way that will be able to help him become the man that God's created him to be. And in that, you will be able to become the woman that God created you to be, right? So that was design in an essence. Um, And you can go back and listen to all these or watch these. So I'm just giving you a brief um, overview of it. Then we came to the place where, okay, if this is the way the design is, why is it not working? Right? Why don't you find a lot of women that would say, oh, yes, this is exactly what my mom told me, and this is exactly what I've been you know, striving for? Like, where was the missing link, and why did I not understand this, or why have I not understood what this looks like? So we looked at hurdles, right? So what are the hurdles uh, that you have on actually living out the design? Well, the one in the beginning, and we say it, so if you're listening or, or, or you're here for the first time and I say this, go back. I'm going to give you, you have a bigger overview of what I'm saying. But part of the hurdle is you were created as the weaker vessel, right? And a lot of women, they'll take that snippet of it and be like, see, I told you he doesn't value women. But here's the idea. God's design wasn't wrong. Right, so we need to understand this. So the design of a man and the design of a woman, when Scripture says that they are the weaker vessel, it's not only your greatest hurdle, it's your greatest gift as a woman. Like when you understand your design and the way that your mind works and the way that your emotions work, if you understand that, that's your greatest gift because we know this about women, right? Remember when we talked about men's brains are open and shut? 
Were you here? Like one thing at a time. Like we can do that and we're pretty good at it. It's black and white. It's very easy. Women can think about 5,000 things and make it all work. True? Right? Like women do. Like they can keep things together and plates spinning. And as guys, we're just like one plate at a time, please. We don't want 100 different things going on. Women are good at it, right? And so their greatest gift, the reason that they can run homes, the reason that they are great leaders, the reason that they can do the things that they can do is because the way that they were designed, greatest gift. And emotionally, right? Men were not made to be nurturers, right? We're not very good at it, right? Like we can nurture, but there is a difference between a man and a woman in the way that we nurture our children, right? Have you probably experienced this when dad's like, get up, and mom's like, it's okay, it's okay, right? Isn't that true? Like, man is like, get up, be tough, stand up, wipe the dirt off, you won't bleed to death, you know, type of things. There's nothing that a little butterfly won't fix, super glue, right? Like, that's how men fix things. Women are very much more like, are you okay? Did you break anything else? Is there anything? Let me wipe the blood off your face. And the men are like, keep the blood on. You're looking pretty good. Right? Difference in the way we're designed and the way that, that the, our emotions work. So it's a gift, right? Like you can do things that we can't. And when, when kids are hurting and they need their mother, that gift is what they need. They don't, sometimes they need a dad and sometimes they need a mom. Sometimes they need a man and sometimes they need a woman. So it's a gift in the way designed, but it's also your greatest weakness. Right, because it also allows Satan to come in and take all of those thoughts and swirl that are swirling around and get more thoughts swirling around. Right? Like that's just the way that it goes, or the things that happen when, when it gets in there. The same concept. Like you're not made to protect, you're not made to take care of. You put your heart out there. Guys kind of guard their heart, women put their heart out there, right? So Satan knew that if a man didn't stand in his place as the protector, and left the woman out there to operate inside of her design, she's more susceptible to sin. Does that make sense? That's the weaker vessel piece of it. So that when a man's standing in the gap, protecting so that when the thoughts do come in, a man's job is like, okay, that's a thousand thoughts. I hear you. There's lots of good ones in here, but let's talk together. Can we come to one decision? What is true? right? What is true? What is false? Let's work together to make those things happen. Or when emotionally things are happening, a guy's God's job is, is to bring that back to let's take emotion out of it and let's try to figure out how to make a good decision. It works together that way, right? So when it's missing or either one of them's missing, whether the man is not standing in the place or a woman chooses to take the place of a man, which is what's happened a lot in society today, right? The guy's not there, I'm gonna take over. In fact, you've learned this if you're a woman. You're pretty good at it and you really don't need him. You can say yes, I mean, it's true, right? Like you operate and you're like, I mean, I'm pretty good at this, I can make it all work, you learn pretty well. Like, I, I mean, although I like a man, do I really need a man, you know, in those situations? And so we're living in a world today where culture is celebrating the independence of women from a man. 
right? It's just culturally celebrated, right? And it's looked at as very normal. Well, those are, those are the hurdles and those are the things that are going on. So now, if this is design and these are the, the hurdles from keeping us to getting to that place, I think all of us would agree, getting to back to the design that God had, there's a pretty wide chasm. Would, would you agree, not agree? Like there's a huge chasm on going from where we are culturally today and what has been accepted because I would say this is that the church doesn't tend to talk about this subject much, right? Like the church doesn't tend to go this because the church has accepted men and women operating outside of the design that God has had. Like we've just accepted it. We've just said, I mean, what's the big deal? It's not like they're murdering anybody. Right? I mean, it's not like things are just going, you know, crazy. So we've just, the church in general or Christianity today has just said, oh, new roles, new world, new time, fine with me. Right? So what I've said, if we go back to what we believe, so this is what Christians believe. We believe that we are created by God for a purpose, for a reason, and that our design is important. And for us to flourish in this world, Right? For us to flourish. And remember this, because this is the most important, because I think we've missed this. And I think this is part of the problem we have today. You know what flourishing means? Reaching the lost for Jesus. Not your life going okay. You see, we've picked flourishing, meaning, well, my marriage is okay, my kids are okay, things are okay, I have enough money. But just so you understand, when you operate, because we'll see this here in a little bit, when you operate inside of the design that God has for you, know what he says? A dark world will be saved. That's what he says. You operating inside of the design that God has for you says you're gonna bring light into a dark world and people are gonna get saved. Choose to operate out, you know, outside of the design or to choose to operate you know, in ways that, that God doesn't have for you your life could probably go pretty good and maybe those arguments you've been having with your wife or husband after these messages, they could just go away. Just let it go back to normal, right? It was much easier when we didn't have conflict, much easier when I didn't have to leave, much easier when I could just go to the shop when she gets mad, right? Much easier to, to go back to the way things were, but you gotta remember what's at stake, right? You're not about your happiness, but about what God wants to do in the future. That's what's at stake for each one of us. So how do we close the gap? So specifically today, so if you have a Bible, turn to Hebrews 11. We're going to look at Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12. So you can go to Hebrews 11, and we're going to start in verse 32. But let me, let me preface it by saying this. The scripture that I'm going to look at today is written to all people. Right, so I don't want you to think that when I read this today that I'm taking scripture out of context and say this is just all for women. Right, so what I'm saying today when we look at Hebrews 11 starting in verse 32, we're gonna use the concept that the writer of Hebrews was talking about and apply it to a woman's life. Does that make sense? Right, so we're just gonna take Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12 and say this is what's going on. It's not just written to women. We as men can take notes. We can learn for all of this. But because we're talking about women's redemption, trying to figure out how to bring it all back together, we're specifically gonna to try to apply it to the life of women. Now, 
Here's the other thing. So what was going on in Hebrews 11 and 12? So in Hebrews 11 and 12, some clarity was trying to be brought to the readers or to the people that were going to read the letter. Part of the clarity that he wanted to bring was that there were these people that were operating in comfort and not in faith, right? So they were having this this turmoil, right? And and essentially the writer of uh, Hebrews 11 and 12 or writer of Hebrews in general says in verse 10, just so you understand, when you operate outside of faith, God's not happy, right? Like God's not okay. And I mean, I know you know this, but just as a reminder, God's not okay with you just being religious. And this is what religion means. Religion means that you're coming today or you're opening your Bible or you're in a Bible study just to check it off the list with no life change at all, no listening at all, no opportunity for God to speak into your life. That's religion. That's what people do all the time. Right? They just come, they attend, they check it off the box. I went to church, I read my devotions. Now, it doesn't change anything, but religiously you could say, well, look at me, I go to church, I go to Bible study, and I do my devotions, but nothing changes and you never listen. So the writer was saying, just so you make sure we're on the same page, that's not good, right? Faith in our life is what matters, right? And we have to be able to figure out faith. So specifically, what we're going to look at, because here's what I think is the big gap for women operating outside of their design. Because it's so foreign and because you've hardly ever seen it, it's going to take great faith to take the first step back towards design. Right? Like, the idea of being able to say, I could point to you 10 relationships that operated inside of the design that God had and I can go look at them and I can talk to those people like that I don't know is there that many around hard to find I think so there's this big gap so for a woman to take a step you know especially when and I'm not picking on men but especially when they put their faith in a man and they it didn't work and now you have to put your faith in an unseen God You know what I mean? Like that's the, the hard part is you put your faith in a man and he knew that that was going to happen because men were, were all going to fail, right? So he knew that was going to happen. That's why he said, when, when you do this in order and when it's working, just so you understand, you're going to have to trust me because you're not always going to be able to trust him, right? So that's a gap and that's going to take faith to be able to step into those places. So as we look at Hebrews 11 and 12, let's look at ways that we can grow faith and how it specifically uh, talks about that or how we're going to apply it to a woman. So uh, Hebrews eleven thirty two. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administrated justice and gained what was in prison, who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle, routed foreign armies, and the women received back uh, their dead, raised to life again. So if you read this first part of Hebrews 11, you're like, wow. I mean, if this is the case, 
Like if, this, if I put my faith in, you can always be guaranteed when the lions come to your house, their mouths are gonna be shut. You can always be guaranteed that you, even if somebody tragically dies, they're gonna be raised to life again. Even if somebody comes against you, they're never gonna overcome you. Like you're never gonna have anything bad happen in your life. Isn't that what it sounds like in the beginning? Like put your faith in, all these people did and all these great things happened. Right, like that's what he's saying. And if that was the end of the story, who's standing on the sidelines, right? If the end of the story was, you can do anything and your life is always gonna be great, which is preached at some churches, right? This gospel that would say, as long as you put your faith in him, you'll get everything you want and everything will be okay and your marriage will be okay and you'll always be happy and everything will be good, right? If that was the case, so many people would be signing up for faith, but you know why so many people aren't? It's because there's the rest of the story, right? And so it's the same thing. If somebody came to you today and you could sit in this room and in this room, if there are 100 couples that, that are in this room that lived inside of the design of God and you saw the flourishing and the things that happened inside of their life and how exciting it was when you, when you operated inside of the design and how good it was and how happy they were, everybody would be signing up. Right? Like if there was examples all over the place and people were talking about this as normal language, like right now it sounds like Chinese. Right? Like when we're saying it, it's a foreign language because nobody's talked about it. If it was just normal to talk about the man being the head and the woman being the helper and here's how it works and it's really beautiful and you got to see how it all comes together and it's super exciting, like you'd be like, oh, our daughters and our you know, sons would be like, that's what I want to be. But that ain't happening. <laughs> our our sons and daughters aren't looking at examples saying, I'm gonna give the rest of my life as a man to be the head. And I'm gonna give the rest of my life to learn to be a helper. Like that's just not happening. And part of the reason is, is because they haven't been able to see it, right? And so inside of this, we gotta tell the rest of the story, right? Because if everything was okay and, and God said, take these steps and and be the head and be the helper and everything's gonna be okay and it's all going to be easy, yeah, there would be a lot of people sign up. But here's the issue, here's the rest of the story. Goes on and says, but then there were others <laughs> and these others were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two and they were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes uh, in the ground. These were all commended for their what? Their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that, the on, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And here's what he's doing. He's redefining a win, right? So inside of this, two believers, he's saying, you've got to redefine win. If you're going to come to the church and, and you want, and we've talked about this all the time, if you want to stand in front of Jesus and him say, well done, good and faithful servant, you've got to get the full picture. Here's the, here's the full picture, if you choose to be a faithful believer of Jesus Christ and carry out 
the way of life that he asks you to carry out, you're going to be persecuted. Life isn't going to be easy. You are going to have conflict. You are going to have problems. You are going to suffer. There is going to be problems, right, in your life. But at the end, this is, what he re, this is how he redefines it. But at the end, at the end, whether on this earth you got everything you wanted or not, what was built is the only thing that can be built through perseverance and trials. You know what it is? Your faith. Only through perseverance, only through trials, only through <clears throat> bumping up to this place like, I don't know if I trust this process. I mean, have you ever been there? Like, have you ever been like God tells you to do and you're like, uh, <laughs> I saw all this turned out for the other guy. I saw what it looked like when he took a stand. I saw what it looked like when he chose to do. I saw what it looked like when he talked out. I saw what it looked like when he gave his money away, right? You come into these tension moments and you're like, I have to make a decision. But when I make this decision, here's what you know. Every decision of faith will cost you something. But what he's trying to get all of us to recognize, the cost is not too great. The cost won't be too great. So in the same concept, so let's apply it back to redefining it then when it comes to a woman, right? Because as a woman in this room or as a young lady in this room, culture has taught you what a win is. Is that true? Right? I'm not a woman, but I think this is true, right? Culture has taught you what it means to be a young lady, Right? So young ladies in the room, culture has taught you what's accepted. Right? And that's usually what you do. Right? If you're a young lady and this is accepted inside of culture, you tend to try to be accepted. Am I on the right track? Yeah. Right? Like you try to, you try to fit in. You don't want to stand out. Like you don't want to be the oddball, right? I don't, uh, I'm just going to keep going. I think this is true. <laughs> Like, I don't think you want to stand out. I don't think you want to go down as you. Like, you want to be accepted. So you've culturally defined what it means to win as a young lady, and you're doing it. And nobody's told you any different, right? The same as a woman or the same as a wife, right? So there's no problem. You can get lots of opinions today on what it means to be a good wife, what it means to be a good woman, Right? There's tons of cultural things out there that will define it for you. Right? They will say, like, this is what it means to be a woman, and this is what it means to be a woman in today's day and age, and this is what it means to be a wife. Like, these are the things that you can find inside of culture. This is a win. And when you find it, this is what you usually see. Women usually gravitate to what is either the most popular opinion or one that fits in their life. Right, so you gravitate towards the, like, there's a lot of voices, but you tend to gravitate towards the choices that will cost you the least amount. Is that? Come on, girls, give me a little feedback, right? Like, you move towards those things that aren't going to cost you that much when it comes to being a woman, cost you that much when it comes to being a wife, right? Like, you're not coming out and saying it. You're not being selfish. But again, aren't we all naturally drawn to comfort? Aren't we naturally drawn to what is easiest, where there's not tension and those things that go along with it? I think we're naturally drawn to that. So 
in here, if we go back to design, right, because that's what we're trying to fix, here's what we know. We probably need to redefine the when. So as a young woman or as a woman or a wife in this room, here's the win. And we're basing, remember what we're basing the win off of. Someday, if you want to hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant, then we should probably look at what it means to be a faithful servant, right? So if you want to hear these words, here's how he would define it. So as a woman, here's what he would say. The first thing that you need to do, the first win is you got to submit to God's plan and not yours. Which means, ladies, I know this one's going to be hard. It's out of your control. (laughs) You can't control it all. Like when you submit to his plan, like some things are going to happen in your life that you can't keep in wraps. You can't keep under control. You can't make it all work out the way that you want it to work out because you're submitting to God's plan. Right, And when you submit to God's plan, here's what you're going to know. When you do this, you're going to have to take some steps of faith, which only happen, ladies, when you are out of control. Right? Like when you've got to the place where, okay, I'm going to have to trust. This makes no sense to me. Like I'm looking at it, but at the end of the day, I'm going to have to trust him, because if I tried to add it all up or make it all work, it doesn't work, right? So I'm going to have to make a decision. So we have to have a, from a win standpoint, we have to decide that submitting to God's plan is a win. Here's what the other thing is, and you got to be okay with this, right? So redefining a win. Is it okay to redefine the win that culture says or that scripture says? Scripture says one of the other wins that you'll have in your life is being a helper, Like you, as a woman, will be able to help your husband and your sons in a way that nobody else can. And that when you stand in front of Christ someday and he talks to you about well done, good and faithful servant, it's including how he designed you, saying, I've made you to be a helper, to be able to do some things that only you can do. And so a faithful servant at times is gonna say, what kind of help do you need? Right, Like you're gonna be going to your sons and you're gonna be going to your husband and saying, listen, pray to God, I think this is what he's saying, but can you help me and help me understand how I can help you and how I can come alongside of you and how I can be a part of it. And same with your sons, like helping complete them in ways. But he says, you know, being defined by or when being, being helper, same thing, raising children. Right, Scripture says that, that a win for a woman, you know, again, inside of Scripture says that as you, raise, as you raise your children and you give them opportunities, not whether they do or don't accept it, because this is really important, because kids don't always accept Jesus, even though you gave them every chance possible. Right? Like sometimes they just go off the rails. It's just the way it works. But you gave them every chance possible, as a mom, to be able to understand the love of Jesus at all, in every way possible, to understand what that looks like. Will you be okay that the win is this, but that because you live inside of the design of God, I think this is cool. It says if you do this, an unbelieving world will come to no faith. Isn't that crazy? Like that, that a woman living 
in the design that God has called her to live out. Like, this is incredible. He says, unbelievers will come to faith because of a woman. Like, I think that's awesome, right? Like, we should all be super excited that God's saying, like, because this works and because of operating inside of the design, an unbelieving world that we're trying to tell, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. He says, listen, you know, one of the greatest tools of reaching a lost world is a woman operating inside of the design that God has, not even saying a word. That's pretty incredible, right? Like, it's pretty incredible to me. She doesn't even have to preach the gospel. She just has to live inside of her design, and all of a sudden, the world, can you imagine this? The world's gonna take notice. Like, I think that's incredible, and I think that that's important, right? But that a win, and, and again, the win that we've talked about, and I'm gonna keep saying this, this is the other win, right? Culture's not gonna tell you that this is gonna be your greatest um, your greatest treasure on this earth, but this is gonna be your greatest treasure, that everything that you did is so that you can hear those words. I'm just telling you, when you get to the end of your life, if you've ever been with somebody at the end of their life, you know what matters? Did I do it? Did I stay in the game? Did I keep running the race? Did I stay focused? Did I stay on task? Because that's what matters in the end. I know you don't, I know this is hard for you because if you've never been with somebody that's dying or you've never been around somebody that's dying, it's really hard to believe that all the other accomplishments they've had in their life, they don't care about. Like it doesn't matter. What matters when it's all stripped down and you're faced with the end of your life is I am, I can't wait, I can't wait to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what they all wanna hear. It's when we define when as a woman. You're gonna do great things, you know what I mean? Like you're women, you're, you're highly capable, you're gonna do incredible things at your life, but the greatest thing that you will want at the end of your life is the opportunity to hear those words. And you know that he gives you a plan. He says you can hear those words if or when you work inside of the design. When you work inside of the design, it's naturally going to be God's going to celebrate you as a woman saying, well done, you did it. Look at how things changed because of you. Now, he gives us this picture in Hebrews 11, like we got to redefine the when and we got to put these things together. But what are some action steps as a woman that you could take? Right, if we wanna bring this gap together, he talks about it now in Hebrews 12, right? So when we get to Hebrews 12, we're getting to the place where we're saying, now what are the action steps that we can take to be able to step in being a faithful servant, right? Instead of just saying, go out there and get it done and redefine the win, he leaves us or gives us in Hebrews 12, like here is some action steps. Hebrews 12, starting in verse one. He says, therefore, and you remember in scripture, if you're in your Bible, you always circle therefores because therefore is because you heard what was before this, something should change, right? Because you knew what he just talked about when he talked about people of faith. Now this should change how you operate. So he gives us that. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So what does that mean? So he says, one of the action steps that you need to take as a woman 
is one, take an opportunity to reflect on people who have done it or who have been there and look at their lives. Like that's one of the things you need to do. You need to say, you know what? If God wants me to operate inside of this design, I should probably go back to and look at women who are operating inside of the design. Right, like that's what we should do. So you can go into scripture because scripture talks about this. You want to see women that are operating, and and I know, like, listen, I've already heard. So if you're going to send me the email about, well, that was back in Bible times, and there was nothing else for women to do. <laughs> like, it's just not true. Like, you can say culturally, you know, it's not relevant. But listen, if it wasn't culturally relevant, I'm just a believer in this. Then. Jesus would have said, well, culturally, this isn't going to be relevant for you in 50 years from now. I mean, I just don't think we need to go there. I think we need to look and we need to see and we need to learn, right? What can we glean from the women in the Bible, right? What can we glean from the way that they live their lives? How can we reflect on, because there is a great cloud of witnesses who have done it. Right? There are people who have went there. So he's saying, here's what you need to know. There are people that are there, and not only are they there for you to see as witnesses, they're cheering you on. You know why they're cheering you on? Because you're going to want to quit. They're saying, come on, <laughs> get in the race. I know, I know it's hard. Get in the race. Not only get in the race, keep running. I know you're tired, I know it's difficult, I know the circumstances of life, I know the pressures of being a mom, I know the pressures of you know, being a wife, I know the pressures of being a young girl, I know all of these pressures, right? I know it, but keep going, it's worth it. Keep going, it's worth it. And not only a great cloud of witnesses that you can read about in scripture, here would be my suggestion, is find an opportunity to surround yourself with a great cloud of witnesses that will be there and encourage you. Like people here that will encourage what scripture says and not try to discourage you from following it because it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times, you know, not a lot of times, sometimes women will get together, they're like I need to talk to somebody else about this, but they tend to gravitate toward the people that agree with them. You know, like you wanna sit in a circle with the people that would agree like, yeah, it's not culturally relevant and there's no way that we can do it today. And you, right, right? Yeah, right, it's not. I know, and they don't understand. I'm saying get with somebody that has done it and saw the beauty of it and let them encourage you because it is, you know, the way that scripture says. So the great cloud of witnesses being important. Then he says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So important that he talks about it in two ways. There's gonna be stuff that's gonna hinder you from living out design, and there's gonna be stuff that once you get, act on the things that are hindering you become sin, and that sin will entangle you from living out the design that God's called you to live out. So here's what you need to think about when it's hinders. So you as young ladies, so just talk to you guys for a second. You need to understand that there are things that are morally neutral, but still could be bad. Does that make sense? Like it's not bad in general. Like we've talked about this. Social media is not bad in general, right? <laughs> there are things on social media that can be used for good. They just can. I mean, I've, you've seen it, right? Like, there are things on social media, but social media for a young girl can be bad, right? It's like, it's morally neutral, but can go either way. So 
the thing that he says you, for you to do, young ladies, you need to examine this. If social media hinders you from living out the design that God's called you to live out, he's gonna tell you this here in a little bit, throw it away, get rid of it. Right, that's what he tells you to do. And that, not only for young ladies, it's, like, it's for all of us. So for all women, anything that's been given to you that's gonna hinder you from living out, TV shows that you watch, books that you have, people that you're around, people that are in your friend group, anything that's gonna hinder you. They're not bad. Are the books bad? No. Is the TV shows bad? No. Is the TV bad in general? No, because a lot of people are like, just get rid of it all. Let's be Amish, right? It'd be so much better. No, what would be better is if by faith you would make decisions for Jesus. That's what would be better. Instead of trying to eliminate everything, how about make a decision to say, you know what, this is not good for me. Not that the TV isn't good, not that the phone isn't good, not that all of these external things are bad. In general, they can be used for good, but for me today, it's bad and I need to get rid of it. Right, Morally neutral things, but they're hindering you from coming to that. Here's the next thing. He also says not only you know, whatever's weighing you down or hindering you, he says sin will entangle you. And here's, I just wanna say this, and I know this might be hard to hear, but sometimes when we think about sin, we think about, oh, like I'm looking at the wrong thing or I'm fantasizing about the wrong things or you know how a woman's mind sometimes goes down the wrong path. Here's, here's what I wanted to tell you. Not living inside of the design that God has for you is sin. And the only reason I'm telling you that is because I know that we have somehow said this is more a suggestion than it is a sin. I just know the way it works. I just know that, and this is even for men, but we're talking about women today. I know for women, this idea of living out the design is more a suggestion, you know, and at the end of the day, does it really matter? Yes, it really matters. It is sinful to live outside of the design that God has for you, right? And you need to just be, listen, can we just be okay with this? Admit it, because just like Troy prayed, good thing you have a savior who loves you and that there is grace. But until you admit that you're living in sin, until you admit that you're living, you know, uh, outside of the design that God has, you're never going to need Jesus. I mean, just, it's okay. We're all screwed up, including women, right? Like we all have, like we're all messed up in the way that God, like it's just natural. So let's just be okay with it. And let's trust that a Lord that loves us and a Lord that is graceful is going to walk on a journey with us to get back in the right place, right? But we got to admit that it's, that it's sin. And then once that, this is going to be the hardest part. There are some things in your lives today, women, that you need to throw off and throw away. I don't know what they are, but there are things that are hindering you and there are things that are entangling you, right? And, and I'll make a suggestion to wives, throw away or throw off your husband's past because he's a new man, maybe. But you know why sometimes we can't get to this place? Because you know what a lot of times women do? Remember when and remember how and you remember last year when I asked you, and you remember, right? 
Yes. Yeah, like, right? Like you're, you're going back to what he was. How about we're like, but this is what you could be, right? Like throw those things off. The things that are hindering you, the things that are entangling you, get rid of those things so that you can start afresh. Could you agree just to start on a fresh slate and let God do whatever he wants to do? Then he says, and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for you. Again, what's the race marked out for you? Women, what is your race? The first thing, obviously, daughter of the king. If you're not a daughter of the king today, you need to be a daughter of the king. It's the first thing. You need to give your life to Jesus. Not just attend church, not just go to Bible studies, not just put on a, just put on a veneer of who you are. You need to give your life to Jesus and your identity needs to be found in him because none of the rest of this works until we fix that, right? Like we gotta get to the place where you look at it and you say, you know what? At the end of the day, I am a daughter of the king. I am going to run this race. I am going to run the race of being a helper. I am gonna run the race of the thing that God designed me to do. I'm gonna say this race is the race I wanna be in because you understand free will in Christianity, right? Like you, you can run whatever race you want. You can. You can choose to do whatever you want to do. But let me tell you, speaking from experience, it might not be the most easiest race, but when you run a race marked out for you, it's the most fulfilling thing you could ever do in your life. Not easy, but fulfilling. Big difference inside of that. Then he goes on and he says in verse uh, in 2, fix, uh, fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of the faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the worship team is going to come back up. Let me talk about this just for a second. He says, young ladies, listen to me, okay? It's important where your eyes are today. Because the eyes, Scripture says this, the eyes are a window to the soul. If you think what you're looking at isn't going to affect you, you are dead wrong. Scripture flat out says you will be affected by what you see. And so you remember when I told you like um, social media can be morally neutral? Which it absolutely can but young ladies, listen to me for a second. If you're trying to define who you are as a woman through Instagram and TikTok, you got a big problem. Big problem. And a lot of women will say, or a lot of young ladies will say, well, I'm not. Well, I'm like, what are you doing on there then? I mean, if the greatest thing that you're doing is trying to find your identity in Jesus and through Jesus and become the woman that God's created me to be, and you're trying to figure out how to spend time, what else is on there? I mean, maybe some fun stuff, but really that many hours? I'm thinking, is this true, young ladies? No, whatever. I think it's true. I think there's a lot of scrolling on places that have no value, right? Like there's fun things on it, but I don't think they have any value. I don't think they're teaching you how to be a young woman. I don't think they're teaching you God's way. Like, I don't think that that's what's happening. I think they're showing you a veneer of people that aren't even true. And you're looking at anything, well, maybe I could be, maybe I could be. And you're trying to be like them. And live out like them, the same thing. Women, like what you fix your eyes on is going to matter. 
if it's TV shows, if it's books you're reading, maybe it is social media for you. Your eyes matter, what you're looking at, who you're listening to, it matters in you becoming the woman that God's created you to be. Now I wanna leave you with this. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So I'm gonna say something, don't get too mad at me. But here's what I want you to hear you say. Enough with the excuses. Because <laughs> there's lots of them, right? There's lots of reasons, and I know you could list them off to me, why you're not going to do or why you can't do. Consider him, Jesus, who endured the cross for you. Endured suffering for you. And we're gonna say, but yeah, but my, and yeah, but this, and yeah, but that. Like I know, and I'm not, I hope I'm not discounting your excuses, but put next to the sacrifice. I don't know. I think for all of us to leave it with this, consider him who died for you and gave you the ability to live through the power of the Holy Spirit to do anything and everything that God's called you to do. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that we could come together, that we could learn, that we could uh, process what it means to help with redemption of a woman, Lord, and just see the things that you have for her. Lord, I pray that for the women in this room today that have not given their life to you, that today they will that they will admit, I am a sinner falling short of the glory of God. And my only savior is you, Jesus. That they'll make that decision today. Lord, I pray for the women in this room that have been struggling because it takes a lot of trust and it takes a lot of faith to be able to live these things out. Lord, that they will have the courage to take a step and maybe not trust the men in their life, but trust you. Lord, that's what we're praying for. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.